Welcome to Sweat and Small, a podcast all about running and well-being brought to you by Lupa. Hello, hello. Thank you for going back to chat more things running and well-being with Sweat and Small. I'm your host, Connor, and together with my co-host, Steph, we use this podcast to explore the transformative power of running and the intersection between our physical and our mental health. So again, very good stuff as always. So good to have you back. In our last episode, we had the pleasure of hosting Brian Fay, elite athlete from Ireland, someone who's competing internationally at the moment, hoping to make the Olympics. We'll see how that goes. But Brian wasn't on to talk about his performance. He was on to talk about the challenge of mental health for him, anxiety around sport, anxiety in his everyday life. So just showing that he's elite, but he's human. And if you haven't listened to that episode, feel free to go back and check it out. It was brilliant. Today, we're looking at something that's really important and something that people get in touch with us about quite regularly. It's about optimizing your nutrition for performance in your running. And today we are joined by Freddie Greswald, sports nutritionist at Cell Nutrition Sport, who are the global distributors of Totem. And Freddie has a specific focus on optimizing hydration for performance. So Freddie, thank you so much for joining me today. How are things? Uh, yeah, it's really good to be here. I'm excited to be a part of this. Yeah, it's really good. Um, woken up on a nice morning, so we're feeling pretty good. Yeah, we're about saying there, you know, weather absolutely gorgeous outside. Good for good for running, good for walking, good for drinking, whatever you want today. Anything, so yeah. any anything. The world is our oyster when the weather is like this. So June has been a good start compared to what May was. And Freddie, just just to begin, I gave a little bit of an intro about you there, but I, I I'd like to hear from yourself just a little bit about you your career and then your kind of interest in sport then as well if you could yeah of course so from an early age i was a big rugby advocate so i played high standard rugby uh where at times i was playing six or seven times a week uh when i was young and in my prime um this kind of led me to be injured a lot i suffered a lot of injuries uh whilst i was kind of growing my body was still developing but i was pushing it too hard I mm. uh, didn't know enough about training techniques, nutrition, uh, kind of run it into the ground from an early age. And so I then had to start all my rehabilitation. Uh, so I dislocated my shoulder multiple times. Um, so I'm on my rehabilitation. And that's where I kind of got more into the whole fitness, into the gym, uh, focusing on my body rather than just the output of what I can do, but what I can actually achieve on the inside. Um, from there, I went, then I decided I was first going to do economics at uni. And then I realized, actually, that's not who I am. I'm not, I'm not going to chase, chase this, the thought of just being kind of where the money's at. Um, I want to do something I'm passionate about. So I went to Newcastle Uni and uh, I got a first class degree in uh, human nutrition. And then from there, I came on board as the sports nutritionist. And I've been growing my online platform and just learning each day really taking each day as it comes it's so cool it's it's great that um no offense to any economists out there you know maybe some people are in love with <laughs> with, with that world but um it must be great for you that you get to kind of i suppose you work in an area that you're particularly passionate about and i'm sure if you actually became an economist you probably would have done something like this set up your own social page in the world of sport anyway so it's great that you get to do it you know full time and have it all tied together exactly that yeah uh, it's pros and cons. Like you, you think, 
oh, I need to chase something bigger, better when you go to schools or people push you to do something. But if you're not passionate for it, you're not going to get as far or help people. And that's that's all I want to do. Mm. Really. And I think the thing that, like, you know, for me as well, like he's in, you know, my last few jobs, you know, it's not like mindfulness and meditation and yoga had anything to do with them. And I think the thing, like when you look at those things, it's not like you are chosen, like you're talking to your career guidance counselor about becoming these things when you're younger. But the thing is when you're passionate about it, sometimes roots can emerge for yourself through these things. And you can be, you can be successful in that as you could have been being a kind of half-hearted economist uh, in, in some way, shape or form. So I think that's always good to note. But listen, Freddie, we're here to talk about nutrition. We're here to get our listeners, our runners, the loopy users, I suppose just, you know, feeling that a little bit better when they run and post-run and being able to train on a more regular and, and, and less kind of um, strenuous exactly. level. So I just want to know, like, from you know, from your experience, um, you know, about educationally and from your own lived life, what, what foods are critical to eat before a run or before like, you know, good cardio exercise. And then just the second layer of that, does that change depending on whether you're someone who runs first thing in the morning or, you know, at nighttime after your work day? Yeah. Okay. The, the brilliant thing about sports nutrition is it's, it's essentially saying how long is a piece of string? It's different between uh, everyone is different. It's so individualized. Um, and there's so many ways you can go about it. Like people run it different minutes, different hours of every day. Uh, they like different foods, different foods agree with them. They have intolerances. However, there are some uh, essentially guidelines that you can follow to optimize your run uh, and your training uh, beforehand. So I guess, first of all, we'll just delve into what you do before, uh, what's best to do before, and then I'll kind of split the whole daytime, nighttime yeah. running. Yeah. Uh, essentially do that. So it's difficult. So before run, okay, you want your, all you want is your glycogen stores, which is where you get your glucose from, your energy to be maximized. You want them to be really full. So roughly three to four hours before running, you want to stock up on uh, high glucose food. So that's, uh, you want to probably do lots of um, high carbohydrates, mm. but with uh, lower uh, glycemic index. So this means they're going to be slowly releasing to your body. So examples yeah. are like breads, pasta, uh, quinoa, all that. So along with this, then you want some lean protein. Okay, yeah. so this is three hours before, and that's just essentially going to give your body the amino acids to repair after you've run. Okay. Um, now, little do, little do people know is you want to try and avoid fat, high fat meals before you run. Okay. And essentially fat takes, it can take up to six hours to fully digest in your body. Um, and if you're running while still trying to digest food, that's when you're going to get stomach upsets. You, you're not going to have your strides. You're not going to, you're going to have that stomach heavy feeling. The, even like the stitch and stuff play into that there as well. Is it similar? So stitches actually, believe it or not, it's actually to do with your breathing, your breathing okay. technique. Um, you, you do too many breaths in for too many hours and the contractions in your stomach just aren't, you're not getting the blood flow to it. Okay. Um, but so that was three hours before you run. But what you want to do an hour before, 45 minutes to 60 minutes before you run, you really want to maximize 
your glycogen stores. You really want to be able to be like, look, I'm going to give myself a short bit of energy so I can smash this run. Um, and that's where your little little snacks come in, your little quick release snacks. And to be honest, the best thing here is probably fruit, full of, full of fructose, which just breaks down really fast into glucose and it's quick release and it's natural. It's got natural sugars, it's natural. It's not gonna disagree with you. It's not like an, an energy bar where you don't actually know what's in it. You don't actually know what that E number is and stuff like that. So yeah, essentially, nutrition before i can give you examples actually so let's look at let's look at like a oatmeal with some blueberries or something that that's brilliant that's really slow release uh it's easy on the stomach uh, stomach really easy to digest and the blueberries are high in antioxidants which i think i'll talk about that a bit later when it comes to recovery i don't want to delve into it now yeah um, but then then fruit fruit before is brilliant it's quick release and your body will just be able to utilize it all really fast. I'm afraid this this is kind of this just a question that personally interests me is is there any benefit in fruit over say a smoothie? Like, is there any negatives of having a like a smoothie in terms of that hit? Like, is, does it take away anything? Because okay. I, I hear that like something like the fiber is reduced if you put it into smoothie and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to hear. Hey, that actually works because okay, no, I just love smoothies. No, this is a this is a topic I'm actually really um I've done some research in really interested in, and there's some really good analogies that you can use uh, when mm. breaking down food versus smoothies. Uh, first of all, yes, you've got intrinsic sugars, which are sugars inside of a cell. Okay. Uh, blending that up will break the cell walls. It will break the cells, and it's now extrinsic sugars which aren't good for you. You, do, you have broken down that fiber. Um, so you're right about that. So smoothies actually aren't as beneficial. However, if you prefer having a smoothie rather than just eating the fruit alone, then yes, of course, it's, it's going to be much better for you because you're getting that fruit intake. Mm. Um, but the fun thing is about smoothies is the satiation. So how full you feel. Okay, so you could probably blend up if you wanted to, an apple, two bananas and, and an orange, if you really wanted to, okay, yeah. you could probably drink that in a good five, 10 minutes, okay? Mm. And afterwards, you'll feel pretty full, but 45 minutes later, you actually be like, I'm actually not that, I'm actually not that full, I could probably eat again. Yeah. Um, put that all on a plate, you'll get to the, to the fruit and you'll be like, I'm, I'm sick of this, I'm not gonna finish this. Yeah. And that's the difference. That's where people go wrong. And that's a lot of sugar in there as well. Yeah. But you, you wouldn't have eaten that on a plate just because you blended it. It's so easy to get down and to digest because you don't actually uh, access your whole digestive system when it's liquid. Yeah, because so, like, I know just, just from personal experience, you know, give me a liter of smoothie, I, I can get that down, you know, <laughs> exactly, quick enough. Yeah. And like just thinking about the amount of fruit because it's just from making my own smoothies, I know the amount of fruit that would have to go into that level of, of you know, that volume of smoothie. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely would not be able to. Well, I might have a go. I'll let you know. Maybe I'll do it as kind of a live challenge post-podcast or something like that. But so, uh, I think a smoothie would be more beneficial after a run, not before. Okay. So then when we talk about the difference between morning and uh, daytime and night running, Hey, 
Sorry for interrupting the podcast, but we just wanted to make a little Lupa announcement. So if you haven't tried the Lupa app yet, the app that brings you this sweat and small podcast every second week, then what are you waiting for? Get on over to wearelupa.com and download for Android or iOS today. But if you are a Lupa user and you've been enjoying it, hopefully you have, then make sure to invite a friend and share the Lupa love and get more people running mindfully with Lupa's advanced running technology. All you have to do is click that invite a friend button within your Lupa app and your friends can be running with you by today. Okay, back to the podcast. Um, depending when you want to run during the day. I, I know a lot of people like to kind of just get up, uh, put their trainers on and just go for an early, early run before they do anything else. Yeah. And um, that, I think that's brilliant. Uh, tough the mindset to go out. I'm one of those people that have to <laughs> eat loads when I wake up for some reason. Um, but essentially, you've got to realise that your body doesn't have that much fuel uh, in you. So maybe it's not best to do really long runs, but you can do your short to medium ones. Um, but obviously, again, the only thing, the only supplementation you probably will need upon waking up is water and electrolytes, just to make sure, because you, you'll be very dehydrated throughout the night. Uh, every time you respire, you're losing water. So you just need to replenish that. Wait, wait a bit, wait a good 20 to 30 minutes just to let that water kind of just be used in your body uh just to hydrate and then you can get out and do your run and you'll just feel so much clearer as well um after it you won't be too uh you won't the, the whole foggy a lot of people get foggy after a morning run uh their brain but essentially being hydrated having your electrolytes is just going to help you just kind of just clear clear your mind and have a bit more focus which is really good um Nighttime running, we've kind of like daytime, nighttime running, we've kind of already touched on this. Essentially, you need your your meals three hours before. So your your whole grains, kind of your your pastas, your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then an hour before you need your quick release energy, uh, your fruits. Um, but essentially it depends what you have eaten for lunch. So things to avoid uh before the other meals is uh, spicy food. Spicy food is really bad for your like a digestive system. It can upset you. I think we've all been been there mm-hmm. after it's spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And another really interesting one is actually lactose. So uh, a lot of people tend to have you know uh, maybe have milk in their tea or coffee before they go for a run. Um, funny enough, three out of four people, adults, are probably lactose intolerant. You just you just probably don't know it. Um, from an early age, you lose the enzyme to break down uh, lactose. And a lot of people, yes, uh, people have bad uh, bowel problems uh, and others don't. But in actual fact, 75% of people are struggling. Um, and that's just going to affect your running and how you feel before and after you run. That's really good to know. Yeah, there's some, some points to take on board there for sure. Especially, I, I'd be more of a, I'd be more of a kind of evening runner, so uh, I kind of fit into the latter category. So now, spicy foods, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that into my little notebook now. Um, 
Okay. Um, you really we, want to we might that. we might get into that then actually. Sorry, just about the so that's kind of pre-run. Yeah. You need your like you know your slow acting uh, carbohydrates. You need some lean protein, and then you need something that's kind of that more um, sugary, quick hit like uh, fast acting carbohydrate in that kind of hour, forty-five minutes before run. But then in terms of, I think a big thing for for me anyway, and from a lot of people I talk to, like I go for a run. I'll ease into it. I'll get into a panel, I'll get into a flow and then I'm feeling good in the middle of my run. And then like, you know, a few hours after or the next day, I just, you know, I'm limping, I'm limping around or my legs are super stiff. You know, I look like I've just done the biggest squat session in the gym of all time or something like that. So in terms of recovery from a nutritional perspective, this is both in terms of like food and hydration, you know, what, what should you be doing? from that moment you finish up your own what's the kind of process in the few hours after that yeah i mean obviously what you just said the whole clumping limping that's just obviously with your the amount of damage you're putting onto your body the amount of stress exerted and your recovery process and mm. um, how do we max- maximize that well you've probably heard of the whole uh as soon as you finish exercise you like you must have some like protein intake you must quickly eat it's it's they call it the anabolic window after exercise no matter what exercise it is okay this isn't really true this is a big myth um i like to i like to tell my clients look at it as more of a sliding door rather than a window you've got a good two three hours before you actually start going to like a catabolic state which is just not like a muscle uh, breakdown um after training so if you're not hungry after running don't worry about having to quickly replenish what you've lost. Um, there's only one thing that you really need to uh, focus on replenishing after straight away, and that's your electrolytes mm. for rehydration. So when, you, when you're sweating during your run, uh, you're losing all your electrolytes. And basically, these are little uh, minerals with a charge in your body that fun- like they govern the whole processes in your body, your, to your heart, to your eyes to your digestive system, to your respiratory and your energy pathways. They, they govern it all and they're so often overlooked by just, just runners who aren't elite, but just wanting to get better each day. Mm. Um, but they're getting dehydrated during their runs uh, and they really need to, as soon as they get back, they need to put those back into their body so then they can start rehydrating and then bring in the nutrients after that. So then it's so because I think what like what most people think or just like, you know, we've heard it since we're young or if we're playing sport as kids and stuff. So it's not just the process of just getting loads of water into your body. There needs to be some sort of electrolyte replenishing as well. Yes. Uh, so a great way to put this is I imagine a lot of people listening uh, and yourself included, you, th- there would have come a time when you've said to yourself right i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do a big run here i'm gonna really enjoy it but i feel a bit dehydrated now so i'm gonna go drink some water uh so you drink a glass of water you're like right i'm kind of ready and have you ever felt five minutes later you're like i I need to wee this out i need a wee right now you go to the toilet and it's just it's just white urine coming out i'm I'm guessing that's it i mean you're smiling so i'm guessing uh that's the thing been there yeah 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 so the way i look at it is that water, it's gone into your gut and it's been absorbed into your bloodstream, okay? Hydration is getting water into your cells. It's not about just consuming water itself. 
so this water in your bloodstream is trying to get into your cells of your body, your muscle cells, which it needs for energy. And basically it's like there's a door on the cell and the water's hitting this door and just going back off it. And it's going into your kidneys and being excreted out. Okay, so what happens if we take a, a really good balance of electrolytes before we drink that water? The electrolytes, look at it as a, as a key to a door either side of it, okay? So these, these electrolytes go into the cell and some stay on the outside of the cell and they open this door, okay? So then you drink that water and it can go into the cell and it can be used to produce uh, energy, be a medium for nutrients, and it can take away all the heat and toxins that you've built up. And essentially, that's what hydration is. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. That's a very, it's a very broken down version of uh, intracellular hydration. Um, no, it's really interesting. And, and like, because again, as I said, I don't think this, I, I don't think people, a lot of people consciously know that that's what it is. Like they, they've seen the marketing campaigns from, you know, a leukocyte or a Gatorade being like, mm -hmm. oh, blah, blah, blah. but you don't really know what it is. You're just... You know, you know that Adam Sandler had it in the longest yard or something like that. And you're like, hey, this is this this is what I need to do or something like that. But I, I don't think people know the science about it. And what are the different ways of getting those that um, replenishing of electrolytes, you know, between supplements? And, 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 and it, like, are there any kind of natural ways, like natural ways of getting electrolytes into you in terms of your just food that you eat? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, food is the source of every nutrient. So whatever nutrient you're talking about if it's electrolytes minerals if it's vitamins if it's macronutrients that that all stems from food okay you get everything from food however there is a big problem in this day and age which a lot of people are unaware of and the nutrient content of food is just depleting like farming practices um trying to make food trying to feed billions of people mm. with only the same well limit more limited land uh, because we've built on everything else um like we're struggling it's it's from a nutrition point of view it's not hard to know we're struggling with we're, we're pumping a lot of food with water just to make the weight a bit bigger um so it, so it feeds more people however the nutrition the nutritional aspects of it have just they've just declined and um mm. that's why it is important to supplement um obviously food comes first don't get me wrong but supplementation, stuff like minerals and vitamins are so, so key to your health, to your training, to your running, uh, and just, just overall well-being. Mm. But it, so then if in an ideal world, like what, what foods are there to replenish your electrolyte levels? Okay, so it, essentially it depends what food um, and what electrolytes you're going after. So uh, sodium is... A good, a good one is soy sauce. That's quite high in sodium. Um, good to know. I'm a big fan. Big fan. So that that's <laughs> that's a box stick for me. Put that in a stir fry. That's a great. That's a great meal for athletes, by the way. Stir fry with some sodium really absorbs the water. However, you got uh, lots of potassium in bananas, uh, potatoes. Mm. Um, you've got iron in your your red meats. Um, you've got your calcium in your your hard cheeses, your dairy. Uh, you actually got it in a lot of calcium in sardines, which is people are unaware of, which is quite cool. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but uh, what's missing is if you were to try and look at it individually and trying to get e each nutrient, you would just form like a potential imbalance mm -hmm. um, 
in your electrolytes. And that basically means you're not going to get the proper functioning of your body, of your cells. And you essentially, doing, you're not doing yourself injustice, but it is better to, if you were to find a supplement with that had all the electrolytes that you needed in a good proportion, then you're kind of doing yourself a favor along with eating a balanced diet. Don't get me wrong, but it's. Yeah. It's, yeah. I suppose like, yeah, it's, as you say there, you have to eat a lot of different types of foods to get that exact electrolyte balance out. So as you could have a sardine stir fry with soy sauce and stuff like that and see how that goes. But yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll whip it up. There's a few food challenges coming ahead of this. We might, we might get the uh, the Instagram followers to vote on which one we should do or something like that. Get get them all involved. But so then, yeah. So you have to straight after your run, you have your um like that's the main thing is get that electrolytes, get that liquid into you, get rehydrated. And obviously that's going to help a lot with recovery of your, like, you know, um, being able to help your, your muscles recover and stuff after the run and that kind of thing. And then, uh, so, and then with the protein, you're saying it's sliding doors. So is that kind of, um, like, is there a timeline on that or is it more of a kind of, you know, like it just get you getting to know your body and know, and just once you kind of tick the box at some stage, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of both really. There is a timing. Um, but like, unless you're at the elite level, it's not something you should worry about. Um, yeah, okay. Roughly, I would say from the time you finish to the time you stop, you've probably got two hours okay, okay. to then replenish something. But that, that's quite easy. Like a lot of people are able to do that. Um, again, high protein, you want to favor carbohydrates and protein again here for this meal. Yeah. This is going to replenish your glycogen source, which you've used, and the protein obviously is used in your muscle uh, rebuilding that you've just broken down whilst running. Yeah. And yeah, um, you can put some. Uh, you can. This is where you can have your your fat content. So good fats like uh, essential fatty acids, which will reduce your uh, inflammation, okay, you and help your cardiac output. So stuff like uh, oil, uh, okay. nuts. Uh, avocado really good okay so yeah things like yeah because i'd be a big fan of of eating nuts and stuff like that so it's kind of more of a post-run recovery thing and that kind of thing could be could be beneficial there yeah See, it's good it's good to know this stuff just now i i think again as you said at the start it's worth saying and we talked about this in the sleep podcast that we did we're running dr jennifer as well is just that there is like you know this is this is what the research says and this is but like there is a part of you knowing your own body and doing a bit of trial and error and working out you know maybe you know a bit of porridge with berries three hours before your run maybe it doesn't work for you maybe it's something else so it's just about like using the information freddie and i are talking about here as a guide for you and just seeing if it works and then making little changes along the line until you find something that you feel like i have the energy to go on this run you feel like i'm recovering well after this run you feel like you're just you're not doing any damage to yourself, which is really what we're looking for out of this. Just keep you enjoying your running and and not getting injured and limping around the place like I do. Um, and Freddie, then just just on because a lot of people would, and I, I just started doing kind of half marathons and stuff in the last few months, and I didn't bring water with me or anything with me to rehydrate the first kind of the first two long runs I did and then I started to bring it and I, like I definitely needed it and is there kind of a time or like a distance that 
you cross that it's like okay because you're not going to not necessarily going to bring water on your 5k but is there a distance that you cross or made the time that you cross that it's like it would be a good idea for you to bring water or electrolytes with you i think what you need to do there is before you go out you need to look out the window you need to assess what are the conditions i'm running in what am i wearing uh mm. am i wearing all black which is going to absorb a lot of heat so you may sweat more yeah. um is it like today 20 degrees beautiful sun i'm going to be sweating more i'm going to yeah. lose a lot of water or is it fairly cold quite quite cloudy quite um easy and how fast how fast are you going are you going for a pb are you leisurely just i'm just gonna have a little run just just before work it's it's all different however i would say fluid intake you you are looking at i i think every every 40 minutes odd you okay. need to be to be consuming some sort of fluids for your body yeah i, I i've i've definitely found like for me when when the weather's been good over the last few days especially like you know if i'm doing a 10k or more i i feel like i need to bring something with me whereas previously when i was in the winter 10k was fine it, and even sometimes like half marathon distance would be fine in some ways it wouldn't feel like i'm perspirating a huge amount or anything like that but uh definitely now definitely now it's um yeah it's heating up out there as we said earlier so i think if i'm going on a run today There'll be water and some uh, some electrolytes in my pocket for sure. Um, and then just in terms of, so we, we talked a lot about hydration there because I, I think like it's something that's in, like it is very important for us, um, whether you're an elite athlete or just, you know, as someone who enjoys running. So what actually, like how, what impact does that have on our, on our muscle function and like when it comes to actually performing and then the recovery process, what, what's going on there? Okay, so actually water, I mean, when you look at water being probably the most essential thing for life um, with, with oxygen, uh, there are many reasons for this. Um, but when it comes to muscles, we've got to realise that, that when you run, every like muscle cell that you're using is, and your muscle fibres, they're contracting, okay? They're, they're contracting, they're working. And what does work do? It produces heat and it produces waste products and it produces toxins in your body. Okay, so essentially, as I said before, uh, electrolytes are gonna what get the water into the cell and not just be, be in your blood bloodstream. Okay, so what happens when we get water into the cell? Well, as you know, water is a medium, it's blood plasma. Uh, that's what basic water is. And that's what's gonna get all your nutrients that you've eaten into yourself for the energy so all those glucose, all the amino acids, they can be broken down and used by the cell, but only if the water can get in, okay? And then from there, once it's in there, water is the only thing that can take out, take away heat from the cell and take away like your built up carbon dioxide mm. into back to the blood and uh, your other waste products. So essentially what you're doing is you're just creating vitality for yourself. You, getting water in you're just going to be able to your muscles just going to be able to go for longer uh for faster there's going to be less damage to them so your recovery you you have less to recover from if you've got water going into your cells around your body yeah. and you, as, as we said earlier less recovery all that means is you can run more frequently so you get your mindset will be better you get the endorphins and you train harder so if you've got a goal 
you reach it quicker you reach it more efficiently yeah like that's that's beneficial for for everyone like again yeah if you're trying to train hard to achieve a particular goal great because i know for a while there i was and i i found you know some days my recovery was slower than others and it was frustrating not being able to go for a run uh, or really feel like I could do anything that involved like my legs, even if it was like yoga and stuff like that for a couple of days after. And I was like, oh, I need to get back. And then also for kind of tied into that is the the headspace side of things. Like as in if, if running is good for your headspace and getting out and about taking this stuff into account. I'm not like, I suppose if you're, you know, if you're not an elite runner and you do it more for headspace, you don't need to like do it to the same extent as an elite runner, but just having this stuff in your mind. And even if you take on board the whole, that that kind of uh, recovery uh, side of the nutrition mm-hmm. rather than the kind of optimizing performance pre-run and that kind of thing yeah. that's that's just a little incremental gain for you which is which is great um if, if you're running if you're running simply uh because it's just it, it makes you feel better for who you are your mindset you feel your sanity is restored then 100 you should be making sure you're hydrated then you can just keep going back out every day and just feel good and just feel like you can yeah. live um, it, is, is cramp is cramp tied to dehydration okay so muscular cramp yes muscular cramp is uh, there's four main things uh, that essentially cramp works on one is genetics okay so we're not really going to talk about that because that's out yeah. of our realm I, um, I'm, I'm screwed with my genetics my dad let me down there because you, you, I, you, 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 to your parents. pillar two pillar two what can i work on Pillar two is dehydration. Okay. So I'm going to do all the pillars because they all interlink and then we'll explain. So dehydration, yeah. uh, a deficiency in the electrolytes, and then an imbalance of electrolytes. Okay. So because electrolytes are involved, as I said, with uh, muscle contraction a lot, if you've got an imbalance or a deficiency, it causes uh, muscle spasms, which are like the fibers just kind of keep contracting and they can't release really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what a muscle cramp is. And obviously we know that dehydration is what causes deficiency of electrolytes. So essentially I say three pillars, but it's all just one. Um, it's yeah. all just electrolytes and dehydration. Um, yeah. Cool. Very, very good. It, it, I think like that's something that I, I had cramp for the first, like I thought I had cramps before, but then I got it on, I think I'd, I'd run a half marathon with a friend. And then, you know, listeners, don't do this if you're not, you know, more elite than me, which is probably a lot of you are, thankfully. But then a few days later, I had to test the train made half marathon that we developed on Lupus. So I think I ran two in five days. And then I was like, second run was going great. And then I think 18K, I just like, I think the last 3.1 kilometers were the most painful and slowest kilometers of my entire life and i want to avoid that going forward as much as i can so um, and what do you do when you when you first cramp what like what did you do did you i just kept going yeah. <laughs> i was like i was like no i need to get to the end i was like I, I told my girlfriend i was meeting her for dinner somewhere and the reason i was like oh yeah yeah now i'll be i'll be home in 15 minutes and then it ends up being you know, half an hour plus, she thought something that happened yeah. to me. You know, I was just like, so, you know, worrying through. So um, again, I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm the beacon of of uh, of life for, for for this type of chat, but hopefully I will be after this stuff. And Freddie, just um, before we we wrap up, I, I'd like to hear from you. 
just any kind of last tips or any last information you'd like to say for any of our runners, any of our listeners out there uh, that can help them with, yeah, with any of the running goals, whether it's headspace or a PB. I think at the end of the day, it's, it's just getting out there. If I'm honest, you can have the best nutrition in the world. You can be the most optimally hydrated person. But if you're not just willing to just put yourself out there and just not worry what people think, what people are going to say, what, what your shape, what your size is, uh, what you're wearing, just get out and enjoy it and just see the difference it makes and just start. If, if it's a walk, it's a walk. If it's a run, it's a run. Um, it makes a world of difference. But I would say just hydrate, just hydrate. Like the benefits to, to, to not even just your training, but your mindset, your work, uh, if you've gone into a nine to five dehydrated, go in the next day hydrated and tell me how your day was. Tell me how you feel after that. And uh, you'll just see improvements. And I think I'm not trying to like push it on anyone, but I just think you just, it's hydration is so often overlooked and it's not just water. It's not. And then, um, so all I want to say is, look, guys, we're still recovering from lockdown um, and it's just little steps. Get to know your body. Get to know what works for you nutrition-wise. Follow the guidelines, but just enjoy yourselves. Get out there more. Go meet people. Go meet people to run with as well. Running with someone makes a big, big difference as well. And it's challenging. Um, yeah. But just enjoy yourselves, guys. Like that's that's all I want to see, and that's why I'm really happy to be a part of this podcast today. Uh, thanks so much, Freddie. And yeah, for people who want to run with other people, the Looper Running Club is coming to London on the 14th of June. So check it out. We'll see you at Hyde Park. But uh, Freddie, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. You know, Freddie, as I said, is the sports nutritionist for Cell Nutrition Sport. I'll leave um, Freddie's own Instagram details so you can follow him at the end of the podcast. But also for anyone who's interested in replenishing your electrolytes with uh, a supplement that we do have at Looper Discount for Cell Nutrition Sport, just use the code LUPA10 to get your 10% off there. But people, I hope you after this are able to run better, enjoy running, recover better, and just, yeah, have a good summer in this great heat. So Freddie, I hope you have a great day. Everyone, I hope you have great days and I can't wait to see you again soon in two weeks time for more running and well-being with Sweat and Smile. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sweat and Smile, a podcast brought to you by Lupa. If you would like to access the Lupa running app, all you have to do is go onto the wearelupa.com website, register your details, and you'll get an access email as soon as possible. Also, if you'd like to subscribe, share, and review this podcast, we'd really appreciate it. We'll see you here Thursday two weeks for the next episode of Sweat and Smile.